for its greatest hits, sports, and more. KRKO Everett. Good evening, everybody. It is Thursday night once again here in downtown Everett, high atop the big city, looking down out over Colby Avenue on a beautiful night at that. Love these evenings here in March, especially with the fact that we get up here at 7 o'clock and there's plenty of daylight out. Enjoying every moment of it. It is time for another Prep Sports Weekly, and I guess we should uh, take a moment to thank the NCAA for a second here. Generally speaking, this time of year, we're going head-to-head with the Sweet 16. In the past, the the men's tournament, the, the opening round, of, or the first games of the Sweet 16, I should say, take place on Thursday night. So we're usually going head-to-head with them, and I have a feeling we've got more podcast listeners to those shows than we do live. But you know what? This year, they're doing things a little bit different. No basketball to contend with tonight. It's us. So hopefully we've got a good group of folks listening, and we are ready for a fun show tonight. Prep Sports Weekly is brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, Everett Safe and Lock, Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett and Stanwood, and Glass by Lund. My name is Steve Willits, and joining me on the other side of the glass, speaking of Glass by Lund, looking through the pane window here right now, the one and only run doctor Brandon Hamilton, producing the show, pushing all the fancy buttons and making the music play, so we thank Brandon for being here tonight. We should also mention Tom Lafferty, an excused absence tonight. Uh, I happen to know that it's excused because I did see the signed letter. Signed a note, just like you do back when you're in elementary school. Signed by his nephew, Patrick. So I know that he's got an excused absence. And, I'm, of course, I'm having a little fun with both of them there. But uh, nonetheless, Tom not here. Rumor has it he might be participating in, in an Iditarod race up in Alaska. Or maybe he's just at Funko Field hanging out waiting for the season to start. Go Aquasogs, right? But nonetheless, not here tonight. So we, uh, the two of us holding down the forts. Ready to bring you a big show tonight. By the way, speaking of the NCAA tournament, we might even talk a, th- a little bit about one of the players in the tournament later on with one of our guests. So let's go ahead and tell you who we're, we've got on the show tonight. We should mention heavy football show this evening, and for good reason. We do this show on Thursday nights, and next week at this very time, each and every one of our Wesco football teams will be in action wrapping up their season uh, Wesco decided to move the games back from a Friday to a Thursday because we are kind of operating in an unusual year of sorts. It's uh, out of the ordinary, trying to get ready for the next sports season because we're obviously going back to back to back. So they're having a football game next Thursday night, all of our teams in action. So we're not going to be talking any football next Thursday. We'll give that night to all of the other sports that are either just wrapping up for the fall sports season or maybe even a few cases we'll sneak in a few spring sport interviews and start to prep those a little bit, but tonight we're going very, very football heavy, an hour packed of coaches carousel. We're going to talk to four different head coaches from the area tonight. Let's go ahead and read you the lineup right now. In just a moment here, we're going to go over to Kings High School down in Shoreline, talk to Jim Shapiro, longtime coach for the Kings Knights. We're going to hear a little bit about his team and how they're doing. We've got a huge game tomorrow night, a championship game. Give you more about that here in just a moment. And oh, by the way, not only are we going to talk to Jim about his current team, Coach Schapp is also going to, well, maybe I think he'll give us anyway. I'll ask him. I think we're going to ask him about the one that got away because I know that he had a quarterback over at his school for a couple of years who played his freshman and sophomore year and then decided to uh, focus more on another sport. That sport was basketball. The quarterback's name was Corey Kispert. He's playing for the Gonzaga Bulldogs right now in the NCAA tournament. All-American He's also on the Naismith uh, finalist list for College Player of the Year. So we'll, maybe we'll sneak in a question about Corey Kispert to Coach Shapiro as well. So we'll talk to Jim Shapiro. We'll then head on over to Kamiak High School and talk to Bryant Thomas. Break up the Kamiak Knights. Go from one Knights to another. See what we did there? Kings Knights to Kamiak Knights. It's a Kamiak football team that's won three games combined over the last three years heading into this season. And what is Kamiak doing this year? Three wins and zero losses. They've matched their win total in three games for what they were able to accomplish over the last three years combined. So Coach Thomas having that team playing very good football right now. And not only are they winning games, 
They're blowing people out. They've outscored their opponents by 28 points per game so far this year. We'll then head on over to Marysville Getchell after we talk to Coach Thomas, and we'll talk to Davis Lura, the head coach for the Marysville Getchell Chargers. They got their first win of the season last Friday night, a 17-14 victory over Cedarcrest. And then we're going to go over to Monroe and talk to first-year head coach Scott Darrow. Scott's got the Bearcats off to a 2-1 start to their season after a 49-20 win over Mariner last Friday night. So four coaches, all four of which picked up victories last Friday. Cannot wait to talk to these folks. So let's get things going right now. Tonight's show is brought to you by the Hometown Handyman, by Screen Printing Northwest, the Law Office of Russell and Hill, and by the Buzz Inn Steakhouse. We start the coach's carousel off tonight by going all the way down to Shoreline. Joining us right now, a friend of the show. We've had him on a few different times, Coach Jim Shapiro from the Kings Knights. And Coach, I've got to tell you, and I'm being honest with this, uh, it sounds like I'm joking, but I actually pulled up your schedule the other day, and I thought I'd pulled up the wrong page. Uh, we're used to talking Wesco football these days, and I'm used to seeing teams that are 3-0 and or 2-1 and or 1-2, and and you know, heading into the fourth game of their season, and then I pull up the Kings page. You guys are 4-2. Are, are, are you barnstorming this year? How are you? Uh, it's like the old days of Red Grange and getting guys together and playing twice a week. What's going on with your schedule? Tell us a little bit about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, we really did take this COVID thing seriously and tried to, in the early parts of the season, get as many games as we could within the WA standards. And so we started out the very first week. We played a game on a Tuesday versus Life Christian, and then we played a game on a Saturday versus Anacortes. And we've done that twice. We played uh, late in the season. We played uh, Linden Christian on a Thursday and ended up playing Mount Baker on a Tuesday. So we've, we've had two weeks where we kind of had four games within that, that two-week you know window. Uh, meeting the WA standards. So it, it's been really great. And then, then our, our uh, league play. So, yeah, we've been really blessed and lucky. Um, I've been, I've been kind of waiting on COVID to knock on our door, and it hasn't. So we just made the most of every day, every practice, every game. I guess it's one of those situations where it's good to be young, right? Because you always hear about these NFL players, and they don't like it when they have to play on a Sunday and then on a Thursday again. And you guys are doing Tuesday, Friday, Tuesday, Saturday. How are the guys holding up through all that? That's, that's a lot of wear and tear on the body, I would imagine. It is. We always put safety first with our kids. Uh, we're always checking in with them. Uh, but, man, they are 16 years old, and they bounce pretty quick. So it, it was fun to see their uh, energy and, and tenacity. Just, again, their excitement just to be back on the football field. They were taking every day as, as a blessing, and so they, they made the most of it. And physically, you know, we really held up. I mean, going back-to-back with Lyndon Christian and Mount Baker, whew, that's a lot. And the kids <laughs> bounced. They did, a, they did a great job. Yeah, tough teams indeed. Now get us caught up to speed as to what's going on here because I know we had uh, Brandon Davis from Granite Falls on the phone with us a few weeks ago right at the beginning of the Emerald, uh, Emerald Sound, I get hard to get used to here, conference play. And I know at the time the plan was that they were going to have a, a round-robin season with five or six of the teams, and then the top two teams were going to play a de facto championship game at the end of the season. Is that still the case? I know you play Cedar Christian tomorrow, Cedar Park Christian tomorrow over at Juanita High School. Is that your final game, or will there be a game after that? Yeah, it's our final game. It's also a league championship game. So, you know, when we all started this, this what I call COVID season, none of our teams really knew how many kids would turn out, who would have roster sizes and whatnot. And as we got into it, um, you know, every team was in a slightly different situation. And so, uh, Really, what we found out was um, kind of where the, where the teams were athletically. Um, some were where they were academically, and just enough kids to go play football on Friday nights. And really, kind of just by chance, uh, we have Cedar Park and Kings coming to the very end. And so, the league met and said, "Why why have Cedar Park Kings because we're we're one and two play this week, and then maybe play again next week for a league championship?" So we're just calling this the league championship, uh, one and one and two uh, versus each other. And so. That's how it's going to be on paper. It's going to be a fun night on Friday night. We'll be up, up at Juanita High School because that's where Cedar Park plays their home games uh, tomorrow night at 7.30, actually, is the kickoff. Well, since we're, we're plugging it there a little bit, can people watch it? Is there a way online to – is this game being streamed? It's a championship is, game yeah. after all, right? There is. There, there's a YouTube uh, link. If you go to Cedar Park Christian, they'll have it there. If you want to find me on Facebook, my, my Facebook is open for anyone, uh, Jim Shapiro on Facebook. The uh, links will be there. So, yeah, you can watch it there. And I have, I have rumors that King 5 might even stop by with the camera, so you ah. might check out King 5 News at 11. Well, and we're going to get to that in a minute because I think King 5 just visited campus the other day, but we'll hold off on that for right now. But I still want to ask you a little bit about your team this year. 4-2 and two so far, undefeated in league play. So who are some of the guys that we're watching? Who are some of the key contributors this season? Yeah, we're really, I mean, again, we're so lucky to have such a great group of seniors. We've got 13 of them that have worked so hard over the last few years. You know, we've, we've been about a 500 ball club for the last few years. 
uh, not because of lack of heart, just just kind of age. We were very young last year, a lot of sophomores and freshmen playing and starting. But, you know, now you have a group of seniors that are really talented. You have Elian Sunquist, you got Anders Rude, you got Ben Edwards, Colton Fleming, all senior receiver types. You got Hayden Teeter, who's our junior quarterback, is just a lights out kind of leader, uh, also a great football player. And I think really the hidden the hidden warriors of the team are our front line. Um, you know, we are bigger, stronger, better than we've been in a long time, and they're all underclassmen except for one senior, who, by the way, just got accepted to the Naval Academy. Carl Carey, our right tackle, just got accepted to the Naval Academy. So uh, we're not only excited for this week, for this game, but, man, we are, we are young on the line and big and looking forward to the next couple of years. You have to be a little more than just athletic to get accepted to the Naval Academy, so that's a big deal. <laughs> a big deal yeah i can yeah, imagine yeah. well and how has it been just in terms of keeping everybody focused i know obviously woolsey stadium one of my favorite places to attend a football game or just to hang out in general empty stands for the most part up until last week uh, you've got these players going out trying to play two two games a, a week at times how have the guys been handling the situation and m- maybe the coaches for that matter too yeah you know they handle it really well um i think if you've been on the field if you played if you coached you kind of get into your own inner circle there could be 10,000 people in the stands or 100 or none. And when the, when the game's going, it's game time. You're focused on your own play, focused on your opponent. Um, we have had more fans in the stands the last couple of weeks, which has been fun. Get more, you know, the cheerleaders there and some of the students. But, you know, I think focus for us has not been an issue. Again, very mature leadership in our senior class. Uh, we're taking every day as, as that blessing that it is. Um, you know, win, lose, or, or draw, our kids haven't, haven't swayed at all. They've been really focused. Probably the most committed team I've had in probably a decade just to the preseason, you know, the whole COVID thing in August to September to January to now, they just they have totally stayed the course. And I think we're reaping that harvest again, both on and off the field. Definitely. This name keeps jumping out at me, so I have to ask. And if I did last year, no, I've already forgotten. You'll have to forgive me, but I do have to know because you and I both have a lot of admiration for this gentleman. I know uh, one of your former competitors over at Lakewood High School back in the old Cascade Conference days was Dan Teeter. Any relation to your quarterback? You know, we all assume there was, but there's not. There's I not, okay. That they're, both, that they're both great guys. <laughs> so <laughs> there's, something, there's, there's something in the last name, but no, no relation. Okay, and, I, and being that we're up here in West Coast country, I've got to put you on the spot here for a moment. Are, how much are you enjoying what Lakewood's been able to do with the West Coast Conference here three weeks into the season? Well, I love it. I mean, <laughs> and I are, are friends. We've, we've been, you know, competing against each other, but also friends for over almost two decades. And, uh, there's a long, long tradition of friendship and, and competition. It's always good to see anyone you know have success and, and build and grow. Um, and Dan, you know, really, honestly, to my surprise, over the last couple of years, has really turned that thing into something else. So it's, it's really a testament to him as a leader and as a coach. Okay, now we, let's get back to your game here. So again, Cedar Park Christian tomorrow night. You've already mentioned it's a championship game. I would imagine you're going to put a banner up if you win, right? <laughs> Why not? I told the kids I want to. I want to. I want to win the COVID championship ring. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a ring for this thing if we win it, right? And let's not uh, make. Either. Let's not make that an annual thing either. Let's make it a one time no. and then be done with no. it. But so, what kind of exactly. a game are we expecting? What do you see on on tape from them or on film? Well, you know, yeah, Cedar Park. You know, when when Bush Gontrop was there, he really built some systems into that place, and, and the coach there is doing a great job as well. Uh, very disciplined. They run kind of a hybrid of the wing tee offensively. Uh, they're gonna come downhill on you know, on offense and defense. Uh, they are senior-laden as well. Just a, I think every starter on defense except for one's a senior. Um, I would anticipate it being an exceptional game on both sides of the ball for both teams. And speaking of seniors, and this is kind of unique, and this is a very COVID thing right here, you've got what essentially sets up as being a championship game tomorrow. Not essentially, let's forget that word. It, it's yeah. a championship game tomorrow. And yet here yep. you are, practice tonight, and before practice, you're actually honoring your seniors, is that correct? Or you've got a banquet tonight. We do. Yeah, we're calling it a banquet. You know, back in the pre-COVID days, you'd put two, 300 people in the room and invite mom and dad and aunts and uncles and have a, have a big thing. And, you know, I think that's been the whole theme for this, for this season, trying to make it as normal as possible for the kids. So we, we're just going to have the kids there, just going to have the coaches there. But we have all the same awards. We're going to give out the varsity letters, going to give out the MVP of the team. Uh, we're going to do some things in the leadership side of things. So we're going to try and make it as kind of banquet-oriented as we can with, with players and coaches. I think the moms bring us some cupcakes and balloons. Um, just going to honor him because this is this is one thing that's really interesting for us. Um, I can't remember the last time I knew tomorrow night was going to be my last game. Usually we're in some sort of district crossover or Lord willing we're we're in a playoff game and there's always this hope for the next game and hope for the next thing and it's it's really kind of surreal and healthy in some ways. We know tonight's our last Thursday night practice. We know tomorrow is our last game, and I think it's just totally changed the atmosphere in, in a positive way for the kids. They're making the most of every second. 
And we're going to do the same thing with our banquet tonight uh, with the kids, cupcakes and awards and balloons, and just try and celebrate the great success they've had on and off the field. No, absolutely. And, and the beauty of that is probably easier cleanup, too, I would imagine. So <laughs> yes, don't is. have to worry about the banquet scene and getting all the parents in there to clean up afterwards or the coaches. Uh, you got it. And, and now I do have to ask you, because you mentioned it, King 5 was at school the other day. And, and Coach, I think you're, you're more than a little bit aware of this, but big basketball tournament happening on right throughout the, uh, the country right now, the NCAA tournament. Certain player from uh, from King's High School, Corey Kispert. Very nice year for yeah. him. Naismith yeah. Award finalist. He's an All-American. He's uh, the star player for Gonzaga, leading them to a top seed. And what maybe some folks don't know is that once upon a time, Corey Kispert played a little football over at King's, didn't he? He sure did, yes. A freshman, sophomore year. I mean, he played his junior high years. He was a great football player for us, a quarterback and receiver. You know, one of Corey's last snaps was actually at Husky Stadium. We were playing Linden High School in one of those classic showcases uh, in the early part of his sophomore year. And, you know, we lost 14-6, to but, but Corey threw a touchdown at the very end of that game. Um, he, he was the real deal. You know, he used to train with Jacob Ethan. They, they would train together with the same quarterback coach. And, you know, I love Jacob, Blake Stevens, UW, now pros. And Corey was at that level, if not even better. He, he very well could have been a Division One quarterback. Not to say I'd guarantee that he'd go pro, but he's just that kind of athlete, that kind of leader. But back to the court, I mean, he's making our, our night nation so proud. You know, as a small school, you kind of always get knocked for being smaller and kids can't make the big time. And, you know, you got Corey Kispert out there playing on the number one team in the country. I had Colin Hamilton stop by yesterday. He was playing football down at Cal who's a graduate of ours, I mean, you, you can make the big time even from smaller schools, and it's just great to see Corey doing that. Oh, absolutely. I do I do have to ask, though, what was the conversation like when he came up to you, whether it was his sophomore year or at the beginning of his junior year, and said, hey, Coach, I, I'm going to focus on basketball. No, no more football for me. Was yeah, that, was that a mean, tough one, or did you know it was coming? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't recruit off campus. I recruit on campus. i got plenty of kids walking the halls, and he, he's one that I really have always wanted to play. And so, you know, we were also really good friends, and we sat down and we talked about it. I tried to sell him on the idea, like, Corey, you could be a D1 quarterback if you wanted it. But he, he had football in his blood, or, excuse me, basketball in his blood. He practiced so hard for that. He, he knew what he wanted to achieve. Um, sure, it was hard in the moment, but how could you not bless and release that kid to go do what he, what he did, not only at Kings, but also now at Gonzaga and now on the national stage. So it was hard, uh, you know, seeing him walking around junior, senior year, uh, knowing if he could have been on the football field, maybe catching or throwing passes. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, he made the right choice, obviously. I was going to say, it seems to have worked out pretty well for him. And uh, we're certainly <laughs> looking forward to seeing what he can do, hopefully beyond this weekend. We yep. certainly want to see if yep. they can get to the Final Four one more time. And, and then I think yep. Corey's got a bright future ahead of him. But first and foremost for you and Kings, again, championship game tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m., Kings versus Cedar Park Christian, 7.30 start time over at Juanita High School. Jim Shapiro, thank you very much for your time as always, and best of luck to the Knights tomorrow. Right on. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you, Jim. And coming up next, we go from one Knights team to another. It's the Kamiak Knights. Head coach Bryant Thomas of the undefeated Kamiak football team. When was the last time we could say that? Coming up next on Prep Sports Weekly. At Glass by Lund, if there's one thing they've learned over the past 40 years, it's that supporting the local community is very important. That's why they're huge supporters of Wesco High School sports, especially this year. It doesn't matter when the season starts. It doesn't matter the score. Class by Lund supports high school sports 100%. And if you need support with windows, shower doors, or skylights, residential or commercial, remember since 1967, Glass by Lund has been here to serve in your community. To find out more, visit glassbylund.com. Justice is easy if you know what to do. Call the Law Offices of Russell and Hill are proud sponsors of the KRKO Prep Sports Student Athlete of the Month. These student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom. Russell and Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Russell and Hill will fight for you. Call 800-LAW-0842. School is back in session, and the hometown handyman in Monroe gives a big salute to all the student-athletes out there prepping for the most unique season we've ever seen. So whether you're from Monroe or Lake Stevens, Snohomish, or anywhere really, Hometown Handyman salutes your hard work and dedication. The Hometown Handyman, proud to support local sports and happy to give back to the local community. Find out more info at hometownhandymanpnw.com. Again, hometownhandymanpnw.com. 
Ace Hardware is a helpful place with prompt, friendly service, knowledge, and the little things that make a big difference. Service. Selection. Advice. Community involvement. Competitive prices. Convenience. Located near you. And the things you need, such as... House keys. Lawn and garden. Plumbing. Electrical. Hardware. Grills. Outdoor living supplies. And even nuts and bolts. When you visit Ace Hardware, you'll be greeted at the door and given the help you need. So come visit us at Ace Hardware in Evergreen Way in Everett, Lake Stevens, and now Stanwood. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. And welcome back once again to Prep Sports Weekly here on 1380KRKO. We continue with the coaches' carousel, and as we mentioned right before the commercial break, we go from one football team named the Knights to another. We go from Kings to Kamiak, and I'm looking forward to this conversation right here. A coach who has been at the helm now for his third season at Kamiak. First two were a little bit rough. He came in there with kind of a bare cupboard, and he's been certainly uh, putting together some wins here. The undefeated Kamiak Knights. And joining us, the head coach, Bryant Thomas. Coach Thomas, I cannot even begin to tell you how excited I am for you and your team. I know when you and I last spoke, and I, I remember doing a sideline interview with you at a football game a couple of years ago, and I think you were down by 42 yep. or 49 at the half. And I remember thinking, I don't look forward to this interview at halftime, and I've got to put a microphone in this guy's face. He's down by 42. And you could not have been more cordial. You could not have been more positive, and you gave us some great answers. I've got to think the answers are going to be even better tonight. So how's it going for you guys over there? Hey, it's going awesome. It's going great. You know, uh, the kids are working really hard. Uh, my coaching staff is doing a great job of teaching uh, our system to the kids. And, you know, they say that winning cures all ills. And right now uh, we're definitely in a really good place. Yeah, you are indeed. And we should point out, too, and this is one of the, the more drastic turnarounds I think we've seen in a long time around here. Not only are you 3-0 and right now, you're outscoring you're outscoring your opponents by an average of 43 to 15 a game. So that's 28 points more per game than your opponents. And on the flip side of that, this is a school that had one win in 2017, one win in 2018, one win in 2019. Last year you averaged less than 12 points a game and you were given up close to 40. That big of a turnaround that quickly. Uh, talk a little bit about that. What do we attribute that to more than anything? I know you were playing some young guys the last few years, but Certainly, there's a lot more that goes into it than just playing well, young folks. You know, it, it, it's, it's not always about the X's and the O's. It's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. And uh, we have a couple guys that are out there that are playing outstanding. Uh, and, it, and it starts with Wesley Garrett. He's our receiver. Uh, he's getting about two to three touchdowns a game. And he's only touching the ball maybe nine times. And so he's putting up big numbers, uh, catching the ball, returns, running the ball. Uh, he, he's just been awesome on the offensive side of the ball. We've gotten some some pretty big linemen in play right now, and we're running the ball a lot more than we've done in the last two years, and our O-line is just playing magnificent. I mean, we ran for 398 week two. We ran for 290 last week. So we're, we're putting some yards up uh, rushing the ball. And then on the defensive side of the ball, our kids are just playing super fast, right, unbelievably fast. Uh, we're getting eight, nine guys to the ball. Uh, they bought into our uh, defensive coordinator's philosophy. Uh, but uh, the stellar player right now, the guy who's standing out the most, his name is Nolan Martin. He's an outside backer right now. He's got two interceptions for touchdowns, and uh, he's leading the team in tackles. He's all over the field. If you could get a chance to see his play, look out for number 24. He is everywhere. I'm, I'm making notes here as you go along. You've mentioned two players so far, both of them only juniors. So, so you're yes, a young sir. team too, yes, it sir. sounds like. We're still a young team. Uh now, I will say this. Our senior group, and they, they, they are the major reason why we're having success right now. That senior group uh, played as sophomores, took some, 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 some beatings, and then they played as juniors. And you can start to see at the end of the year last year uh, that they were starting to understand what we were trying to do and that they started to take over that leadership role. Last year we only had one senior. So it forced a lot of those juniors in the leadership roles and now that that, that leadership is, has come to the forefront right now in our program, and it's allowing us to take off this year. Well, I think what you tend to see, too, in programs, and you, you might have experienced this a little bit as well, or you could have, I should say. You haven't. But one win in 2017, one in 2018, one in 2019, that's the type of thing where sometimes you start to see those older players, the seniors, going – 
yeah, I don't know if I want to keep going down this road, and yet you've got guys that have stuck the, with it, they've stayed the course, and now they're getting a chance to reap the, the rewards of this. That's got to be even more, more inspiring and special, doesn't it? Yes, it is. You know, it's funny, though, because last year, if you look at our season, it was like a tell of two seasons, right? Our offensive coordinator left in the, in the, in the spring, uh, right, I'm, I'm sorry, in the summer. And so we start the season off implementing a whole new offense, right? And we decided we're just going to throw the ball. And so the kids are trying to figure that out, and we struggled early on in the year. And then we went down and we played um, Mount Vernon. And when we played Mount Vernon, that was the first time you, we got our quarterback back. He had got a concussion early in the season. He came back. He had a big game. He threw for like 250 yards that night. And then we had that one, and, and I'm calling it a hiccup, but it really wasn't a hiccup because Monroe was a better team than us. Uh, more physical and better, just better prepared, and uh, and so they just, you know, took us behind the shed. But in the last two, three games of the season, we played really well, and so you started to see us turn the corner. And those kids that you're talking about, who when you're seniors and you've been struggling, you're like, oh, I don't know, I want to come back. After our last game, we lost our last game to Marysville Getchell uh, on the last second, you know, play of the game. They all came at coach. We're so excited to come back next year. We can't wait. And so we were looking forward. You know, we circled this year. We knew those first two years we were going to have to play young kids. We are going to be behind the eight ball a little bit. Uh, but we believed in the kids and uh, continued to, to encourage them to stick with it. And because they have, they're now seeing the fruits of their labor, right? It's kind of what's that saying, you reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. And so uh, our kids are finally reaping the, 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 what they sow with all the hard work they put into the program. Well, and the thing that interested me as well, we did one of your games again two years ago. I think, if I remember correctly, I want to say you had six freshmen that started in that game. Six. That's almost yep. unheard of. And I think you started a handful of sophomores, too. And I remember thinking to myself at the time, this is kind of a double-edged sword. It can go either way. In one respect, you got these young guys who are getting great varsity experience, but at the same time, Winning can kind of be a, a culture thing as well, and, and sometimes if you, you go out there and you get these kids too beat up mentally and psychologically early on, you don't know how they're going to respond and if they ever can come back around, and yet it seems to have worked for you. So when you had to play yeah. so many different young players that early on in their careers, uh, talk a little bit about keeping their heads above water and making sure that it, it wasn't too big of a moment for them and how that's helped them to get where they are now. So uh, I'm a firm believer that you never put a kid in a situation that you don't think they're prepared to handle. Right. And so with all the freshmen that we did end up playing, we always felt like they were capable of playing at that level. Uh, but they just weren't physically ready to handle. You know, I can play at a level for a quarter as a freshman, but to think I'm going to do it for four quarters is kind of hard. So we spent a lot of time just just praising, you know, the good things that they were doing. We pointed out the bad things and, hey, these are little things we got to fix. But it was always about praise with these young men. And then um, the other thing that we did I thought was very important is that first year of their freshman year, the last game of the season, we allowed all of those freshmen to go play freshman football. So they were able to see what it would look like with them playing against kids their age. And we went out, and we I think it was Jackson we played at the time, and we lost to Jackson that year on the varsity. We, I think the score was like uh, we got beat like 40 to, to 6, but – when we allow those six freshmen, we say, hey, you got two quarters left to play. Go play those two quarters. And it was a C-team football game, and we even allowed those sophomores to go play their two quarters as well. Uh, and we won like 38 to nothing. So they were able to see like, oh, okay, I understand what Coach is saying. The game is way slower now, and we're better than the kids our age. So they, they got that little piece of hanging fruit right there to grab and, and, and feel like, hey, okay, we, we, we aren't, we're not that as bad as we think we are. And then last year, uh, the successes that they saw at the end of the year, right? And uh, just believing. They, they believed in us, and we continue to believe in them. And, we, and when both groups of people who are in charge of a program, right, because it's, it's really 50% coaching, 50% players. And then in some cases, when you have really good talent, it's like 80%, 90% players, 10% coaching. You just can't mess it up, right? And so with these kids, it was about us coming together and saying, hey, I'm a, we're going to own up to our 50%. We need you to own up to your 50% and believe in where we're going, and that's what's happened with my coaching staff and the players. A strong strong percent for the coaches right there. That's a, a bold move, and I, I love it, the fact that you've been able to accomplish what you have. Tell us a little bit about some of those coaches. Who are, who are we 
looking at on your sideline? So my my defensive coordinator, he's doing a great job. Uh, we call him Coach D, Coach Damon Terry. Um, he and this is unique for me because I, I I'm not a I don't believe that you that you should have uh, coaches on your staff who have players on the team because I feel like there's a certain age where you have to separate the two. When I moved up here, however, I didn't know a lot of coaches, so the youth program is where I got a, a, a handful of my coaches. And uh, a lot of them came from Coach B's coaching staff. And he still coaches the, in the youth program, uh, but he's done a great job, and his relationship that he's had with these kids growing up has helped to uh, build our program and get kids to say, oh, I want to stay there because I know Coach D. And so Coach D is the defensive coordinator. He's doing a great job there. Jason Chesley uh, called offense for Coach D in the youth program. And uh, this is the first year he's taken over as the offensive coordinator. Um, and what he's done a great job with offensively is this is our third offense in three years, right? And um, we finally went to an offense that we felt, that we felt fit, our, fit, fit our talent, right? So we're doing a lot of fly sweeps. We're putting the ball in our receivers' hands because those are our best runners of the ball. And then we're getting behind that big old line that we have. And so he's done a great job teaching kids the system. Um, and I can tell you, the best teacher of the system because they taught us as a coaching staff or he taught me and I, I gave this information to our kids is coach Gordy Elliott, right? Gordy down in, in, in Auburn did a great job with this same system on offense. And, and uh, I've had a defendant a couple of years. And so I called him up and said, man, I need to teach me the system because I got some receivers that can run and it's the best thing I can do for our program. And once he taught me and I, and, and I shared it with our coaching staff, coach Chesley has taken it and ran with it. And then my offensive line coach, uh, it goes by Coach Tun, it's Coach Damon Holman. You, you guys might know him. Uh, he played at uh, Manor High School back when they, in, in their heyday. He actually coached with uh, Archbishop Murphy when they had that championship run and had those great players coming through there. Okay. And so he's brought, he's brought a toughness attitude to our staff, right, and to our football team and to our, our guys up front. So when you're watching our, our O-line, move people to get us 390 yards in a game rushing, and you watch our D linemen getting up the field and making plays, a lot of that's the players, but there's but but the, the attitude that you're seeing coming out on that football field all comes from uh, from Coach uh, Tun. And then in our secondary, we have a coach, uh, Coach Moore, who came from Federal Way and been in our program now two years. Uh, he played college ball at Eastern, and he's doing a great job in our secondary and getting guys to fly around. Uh, he's coaching our safeties and our corners. Uh, and so, you know, I've got a great coaching staff uh, on that varsity level, and we're all working together, and we're making it happen. We're making it work, and we've built, we've built great relationships with our kids. And, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer. Relationships drive everything, right? Because if, you, if a kid can, can trust and he believes in you, then they'll run through the wall for you, even if you're struggling, right? Uh, and this is my first program I've had to rebuild. I, I, you know, I rebuild. I rebuilt uh, Auburn Riverside, and then I came here, and I'm doing the same thing. And the biggest thing that is that I would say is the cornerstone to it is building a relationship with kids, right? Because you can, like I said, if you can get them to trust you and believe in you, then they'll 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 go above and beyond uh, to reach the goals that you set for them. And our kids have done that this year. Yeah, and you mentioned building a relationship with kids. I know you're also the dean of students there. I've got to think mm-hmm. that also from a player standpoint, when when you're three and zero, part of the fun of that at the high school level is being able to stick your chest out a little bit and walk down the halls at school and knowing that people are admiring what you're doing rather than, you know, kind of pointing and laughing at, oh, you're losing all these games. You're, 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 your guys aren't getting that experience. So how are, you, uh, how are you making sure that they're able to enjoy that moment? Or are they still able to in some way, shape, or form? What's it been like for them to, uh, to be around the Muckleteal community knowing that, hey, we're 3-0 and and we're still in a pandemic, but we want to kind of enjoy this a little bit too? You know, the cool part about our student body is they share – uh, information via what is it called social media and so if you go on social media you hear people talk about our football team uh, when our games are being telecasted you know that families are watching it uh, because you hear about it right and so uh, our kids have great relationships with the student body and and they are being pumped up all the time about the successes that they're having uh, we're finally going to have fans at our first game so we'll have fans this week at Stanwood but we'll have fans uh in our, for our last home game of the season. And I can't tell you how many people have been calling me saying, hey, can I get one of those tickets? Can I get one of those tickets? Uh, and, and primarily, it's students. 
uh, because they, they, they support our kids. We, we have a real close-knit uh, when it comes to uh, our student body. So uh, I, I think they're, getting, they're, they're, they're able to enjoy it right now. Uh, not the same as if kids were in, were in building, but they're definitely getting the, uh, the route to the, what, they're, what they've sold. Definitely. Give us a quick scattering report on tomorrow night's game. You're going up to Stanwood, 7 o'clock start time. What are we expecting from the Spartans? Man, I'm going to tell you right now, they got a kid by the name of Baumgartner, number five. He's a playmaker. He's a playmaker on both sides of the ball. He'll come down, he'll hit you as a safety. He'll go catch balls, make you miss as a receiver. They got two big linebackers, number 35. I don't know his name, but he, he, he runs sideline to sideline. Uh, he'll fit gaps up in there really tight. They have a, uh, another linebacker, 55. He's, he's a stud in there, too. I mean, he's a tackle-to-tackle box guy. And he makes plays. They got a big boy, number seventy-six, up in the middle, um, who just clogs up everything. And he, and, all, and he, on defense, he clogs everything up in the middle. On offense, he, he creates lanes in their running game. And they have a young quarterback, number three. And again, I don't know all their names, uh, but I know their numbers because they show up on film. This kid's got a strong arm, athlete. Can, he gets, he can get if he gets out the pocket, he can hurt you. Um, and they got some, some pretty big receivers that can go get the ball. Uh, they got a tight end who does a pretty good job. They're going to spread you out, and they're going to throw it all over the field. So that's going to be a challenge for us because we haven't really played a true passing team who can throw it all over the field. Uh, so that's going to present some challenges for us, for us there. Uh, so it's gonna, it should be a good game. It should be a real good game. I can't wait. Again, the undefeated Kamiak Knights, 3-0 on the season, heading up to Stanwood tomorrow night, 7 p.m., and then we want to remind everybody also, final game of the season next Thursday. Everything moved up a day. Home, a home game against Cascade. Brian Thomas, again, I can't say enough how uh, how great it is that way that you've been able to turn this program around. And certainly I think I can speak for a lot of the folks in the Muckleteal community. Let's not rush out the door to turn around another program any too quickly. I think they'd like to see you reap the rewards of this for a while. So congratulations on all the success there, and uh, best wishes tomorrow night. Thank you, man. Have a blessed night. All right, we go from the west side up to the north side. We're going up to Marysville Getchell High School tonight. Joining us right now, the head coach for the Chargers, a team that won 17-14 to last Friday, getting their first victory of the year over Cedarcrest. Davis, Laura, and Coach, I've got to ask you right away, did you ever envision having a weekend in which you would win a football game on a Friday night and then celebrate your birthday on a Saturday, being that you're a March birthday baby? So what, what was that like for you? Happy belated birthday, by the way. Huh. Thank you. Well, unless I was coaching some sort of arena ball, no, I never thought I'd have a football <laughs> victory in, in March. And I do have to ask you, too, we just heard from Bryant Thomas there. I love the fact that – and this this is so coach-like, right, coach-esque – He's telling us he's giving us a scouting report about Stanwood, and he starts throwing jersey numbers at us. Is that is that kind of a coach thing when you start to look at on the sideline? And do you know the names of a lot of your opponents, or is it usually number watch out for number four, watch out for number seven, et cetera, et cetera? So this is what I've noticed as coaching football and basketball. Football, there's so many kids that we remember numbers, whereas in basketball, I've noticed that uh, coaches tend to remember names just because of, I think it's just fewer people. But uh, I'm a number guy. And numbers are, are good. And you know what? 17 is bigger than 14. I know that. And that was the score of your game last Friday. Big victory over Cedarcrest. It sounds like it was a game that was filled with uh, some drama, too. It wasn't exactly a march out there onto the field and just kind of walk away with an easy victory. You guys had to fight hard for that one. Give us a little bit of insight as to what uh, – give us a recap of the game, so to speak, in, in a minute or so. Okay. Well, uh, let's just start off with uh, their AD, Jason Fredericks, and I are teammates from Central Washington University. And when we got done playing, we also GA'd together. So oh, this okay. was kind of a rival thing. Plus, their D coordinator was a Central grad, too, who we played with. So there was that from the get-go. Um, I just want to say before I say anything about their program, they, they are classy up there, first class, all the way. I, I, I've never seen some uh, a program – or they're very welcoming. Uh, everything was done. They gave us everything we needed. So just want to say that about Cedar Crest. But we came in the game without our starting fullback, Sharon Smith. And uh, so, you know, we had some kids step up. Riley Reba and uh, Evan Ford stepped up the fullback spot for us. Um, and we were able to run the ball. Unfortunately, we turned the ball over eight times. So it was back and forth. Um, 
past couple of games, our defense uh, hasn't been able to tackle that well. But this game, the defense stepped up, and I, I give it to them. They did a good job of shutting them down. Um, it was 3-0 at half, and then they ended up scoring 7-3. to Our kids came back. Uh, Landon Olsen ended up uh, picking a ball. It was the second pick of the night, and he ran it in for a touchdown and put us up. And then in the fourth quarter, with about a minute 30 left, he ran a sweep around the left side and, and scored again and put us up. So you're up by uh, 10 at that point, right? Yep. So it's about a minute 20. You know, I'm talking to kids going, okay, it's not over. Don't relax. Don't relax. Well, you know, I don't know what's going on. If it was COVID times, our kids relaxed, and we kicked the ball to their best returner, and he, he returned it for a touchdown. So then – Next play after, you know, they made the extra point. They kicked the onside. They got the onside. So it came down to our defense uh, stopping them. And, uh, you know, Cedar Crest got down into the red zone, but a couple penalties marched them back, and uh, we ended up stealing the win. <laughs> you know, almost did a, a Green Bay Packer from the uh, NFC Championship in 2014 against the Hawks, huh? Close, but not quite. Very close. <laughs> right. Well, Congratulations on the victory, and it, you kind of touched upon it a, a moment ago there. Tough losses against Lakewood and Marysville-Getchell. Uh, kind of nice to get a victory under your belt there. I've got to think it helps morale for the kids as well. Obviously, during a pandemic at that, and just always looking for positives right now, had to be nice to uh, to see the kids being able to celebrate in that locker room. Yeah, well, COVID times we didn't get a locker room, so <laughs> our, our locker Good point, room is yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of smiling faces. You know, the fact that we're playing, there's already been smiling faces. You know, that, that's already a victory for everybody. Um, but, yeah, this is definitely a, a big night. And the kids knew it was my birthday. And, and there was some, you know, I think a little added motivation for them because uh, they sang happy birthday to me on the way home. So oh, very nice. Cool so that was a, it was a good birthday weekend, and it sounds like. Well, you mentioned, oh, yeah. you mentioned a few players a minute ago. Anybody else that we should – keep an eye on here i know you're get, you've got cascade tomorrow another home game your final home game of the year who are some of the other guys that you've uh, wanted to point out and who have really shined this year or maybe have taken on leadership roles well i mentioned sharon and landon and you know they're they're probably our big playmakers um riley reba on defense you know he again he was a guy that we he, he subbed in for sharon and uh you know we saw some big things out of him at running back and he's he's a junior the other guys are seniors um, and, you know, we've had two sophomore quarterbacks. Um, and uh, so the first one got hurt, and that was Keegan Hagan, and he started the season. Um, and now we got Logan Maddox, um, and both of them have competed. You know, it's been a week-to-week thing. So, you know, Logan came in and did a good job controlling clock and, and managing the game. And so, you know, this was something I kind of planned for when they were freshmen because I used to bring them. One would come up on JV, the other one would practice, and then, you know, vice versa, we'd switch off weeks. And so on the way home, I was able to look at them both because they were sitting in the seats across from each other. And I go, this was the plan if stuff like this happened. Now you guys understand why I did what I did last year. And they both smiled at me. So cool. <laughs> it worked out. Hey, uh, during a pandemic, it's always good to have strong leadership around you. And we've noted this before, your, your two coordinators, Rudy Grandboys and Alex Brashkoff, both with head coaching experience. How vital have they been and maybe some of the other coaches on your staff to, uh, to making sure that this season is a success, not only in terms of getting a victory over, over the weekend, but also just in terms of getting these players ready and for having a season? Yeah, both of them are great. You know, uh, it takes a lot of pressure off me um, where I can – do more administrative stuff that I need to, and I can rely on them to take care of stuff. Um, offensively and defensively, uh, you know, I, I can, I've kind of given them a little bit more control throughout the years because um, they've been there. Um, so, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is that it's just, it's, it, they both make my life a lot easier. Oh, indeed. Hey, Cascade tomorrow night, home game for you. Like I mentioned already, your, your last home game of the year. What are we expecting from the Bruins? Well, they're they're true wing T. Um, I believe you know they're it's the Terry Ennis offense. Um, you know, there's always kind of been a cascade tradition with with him and <laughs> what he's done. Absolutely, and and I think they are definitely disciples of Terry Ennis. Um, they got some speed, and uh, you know we're hoping just to contain their speed and have, you know hopefully our defense plays like they did last week. 
And, uh, you know, if we know if they make big plays on us, it could be a long night. So, again, you know, we're, we're going to have to read our keys and be disciplined. And know where Michael Pearl is at all times, right? Well, yes, that would be a big thing, too. <laughs> but, but remember, I'm a football coach, so what number is he? Uh, he number one, right? He was last year. Oh, anyway. yes. yes, yes <laughs> I would yes. imagine he's still number one. I don't think he's given that number up. Yeah, right. you, you definitely want to know where number one is, so I can hear I, I hear you there. Well, again, a nice victory the other day, and, of course, we, we're not wasting any time here. We go right from season to season. Are, are we going to see you back back out on the basketball court this year? Are you going to be helping out with baseball? What's your uh, what's the plan coming up for you? Uh, spring sport is what I take off, and, uh, yeah, I'll be back helping uh, in the last part of this COVID season uh, for hoops. Yeah, you were on the sideline there for the uh, the Tacoma Dome run last year, so hopefully we can see another big season out of the Chargers there. But first and foremost, you got two more games left. Cascade tomorrow night, 7 o'clock start time over at Marysville uh, Stadium there. Also, we should point out next Thursday you end the season over at, speaking of Terry Ennis, Terry Ennis Field taking on Archbishop Murphy. Davis, I, uh, I say this with all sincerity, I hope you don't get another birthday victory next year, hoping we're not playing football in March. So hopefully we'll talk again in the – fall if we don't during basketball season but certainly wishing you and the chargers the best of luck and i appreciate your time tonight all right thank you very much there we go so that is davis lura the head football coach for the marysville getchell chargers again 17 14 victory over cedar crest last friday turning the ball over eight times and still coming away with a victory how about that so again, we're going to uh, take another commercial break here right now and when we return our final wesco football coach of the night we're going to hear from Scott Darrow, the head football coach for the Monroe Bearcats, coming up on Prep Sports Weekly. If you're looking for a place that prints anything for any team, the place to go is Screen Printing Northwest on Colby Avenue in downtown Everett. They're the local experts for custom screen printing and embroidery. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, coats, you name it, they can do it. Screen Printing Northwest has been locally owned since 1996, and they're the official screen printer of this radio station. Screen Printing Northwest, 2526 Colby Avenue, just north of Everett Avenue in downtown Everett. Go Cougs! Hi, I'm Brian Reed. As your local Allstate agent, providing protection that fits your life is something I take, well, personally. I am committed to learning about your needs and personalizing protection to meet them. From bundling your auto, home, and life insurance with ease to evaluating optional coverage based on your protection needs, I can build an insurance proposal that fits your life. Are you in good hands? Contact me, Brian Reed, at either of my Everett locations, 425-337-4646. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Life insurance offered through Allstate Life Insurance Company and Allstate Assurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois, and American Heritage Life Insurance Company, Jacksonville, Florida. Tired of doing battle in the kitchen every night? Time to surrender and take the family to the Buzz-In Steakhouse. Dinner doesn't have to be a battle because the Buzz-In is open again for indoor dining with mouth-watering hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast. Relax while the Buzz-In takes on the hazardous cleanup duty. And with nine locations, there's a Buzz-In near you. Check out the menu at buzzinsteakhouse.com. Dine in or take out the Buzz-In Steakhouse, where you always get a great deal on a great meal. For nearly 50 years, Everett Safe and Lock has serviced the security needs of Snohomish County and surrounding areas, and they are also a proud supporter of prep sports. They know that boys and girls that take part in prep sports work hard to make themselves and their teammates better athletes, and even more importantly, better citizens too. Sports, they help build character and help them to be properly prepared for a brighter future. Everett Safe and Lock wishes all the athletes the best this season. And for all of your commercial, industrial, financial, and residential needs, see them, the trusted pros since 1970 on Evergreen Way and online at EverettSafeAndLock.com. One more time around the coaches' carousel here tonight, our final coach of the evening. We're sticking with winners only tonight. All four of these coaches picking up a W last Friday night. This guy here, starting out his rookie campaign as the head coach with a two and one record. It's the Monroe Bearcats, Scott Darrow. Scott, two and one start to your season, a forty-nine to twenty victory over Mariner last week. Congratulations! You're making this rookie thing seem easy, Coach. <laughs> well, it certainly it certainly hasn't been this year, no doubt. But it's been a lot of fun, man. 
And you want to know what's crazy? I don't know. I'm sure you've probably taken note of this, but I, and I should know this number off the top of my head, but with everybody moving around last year, 20-something West Coast teams counting 4A, 3A, and 2A. And I don't count Shane Keck because he took over that program halfway through the season last year. I think you're the only rookie coach this year. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's kind of That's- crazy with attrition. You always think there's four or five a year, and you're the one guy that gets to come in during a, a COVID year. Now we should point yeah. out – you have been on the staff for the last few years, so it made it a little bit easier. But what's it been like for you uh, trying to get these guys together during the month of March to play football games when you're you're starting to kind of feel your way out through this job yourself? Oh, it's been uh, it's been interesting. It's been it's been a yeah, it's been a tremendous challenge. Obviously, you know, I think back a year ago, you know, I was sitting at a restaurant. We were interviewing coaches. Uh, you know, March of 2020, I just got the job in late February. And uh, I remember going to my truck after talking to a guy, I eventually hired him, my linebacker coach, and I checked my phone and it was like, you know, hey, school's canceled for the next two weeks. <laughs> and uh, I was like, holy smokes, you know, and then that just snowballed. And, you know, it just losing losing spring football in, in, uh, in June and, and then not have, you know, I, 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 remember, I remember my AD calling me in the summer and being like, yeah, they're not going to play fall football next year. And I was like, no way. There's no way they're going to cancel fall football, you know. And uh, sure enough, you know, it's just been it's been crazy. Um, it's been crazy. We've done so much stuff trying to just get our kids to feel normal and to feel connected. You know, so many after school, uh, you know, Zoom meetings and stuff like that through the fall. I mean, we were meeting about once a week with the team and just doing stupid stuff too, doing like trivia stuff and, you know, doing like quiz games on cahoots or whatever which is like an online quiz game sure. on the playbook. And, and uh, we did, I did like a history of Monroe Kahoot, history of Monroe football Kahoot, um, you know, just, just stupid stuff like that, you know, all that stuff. And, and now finally we got to play. It's been, it's been a blessing, I guess. The season's definitely, uh, you know, wasn't promised to us. So we're grateful for it. We got great seniors, man. Our seniors, you know, we were shut down entirely. It's it, the hard thing about this year, it really is, there really is no equity district to district. Everything's, everything's different, you know? And so, um, some schools got out, you know, pretty early. We weren't one of those schools. We had to wait till the, the very end. We didn't get a touch football until, you know, February 22nd. So you are, you know, our, <laughs> our first three days or so in the, in the spring here, and then, you know, it's raining sideways and, you know, the hard thing this year for us is we can't, we can't practice at the same time as other programs. So, you know, girls soccer goes first and cross country. And so we've had to go at like five thirty at night and it's just been, the weather's been nasty at times. I got, you know, I got, I got a, a pretty young offensive line. So those first couple of nights, man, a lot of, a lot of balls on the ground, you know, trying to get our center ready. And, and uh, there's just, you know, 14 months with no football and, and not being able to touch football, not being able to even work out with these kids has been so challenging. So, you know, I think you saw it across the state quite a bit, honestly, in that first week. There were a lot of blowouts, and I think that shows kind of the inequity in some of these uh, in some of these districts and how they brought sports back. And uh, you saw a lot of sloppy offense, and we were no exception, no doubt. That first week, we had a hard time. First two weeks, really had a hard time getting the offense going. Well, I think well, that's, tell, a lot of that's just the rust. Tell us about that first game a little bit. First of all, we should point out 14-0 victory, and that was at Arlington, right? Yeah. Now, now remind me again, where did you go to high school? I went to Arlington. Yeah, yeah you did. Yeah. So your first game as a head coach, and you get to go back to your alma mater and pick up a W, makes it a little extra meaningful, I would think. Yeah, it was great, man. You know, I don't, I don't live in Arlington anymore. I've, I've, I've been in Monroe. This is my 16th year at Monroe coaching here. I've been the offensive line coach for a long time here, and and uh, you know, I go, I went back. The first guy I saw was uh, was the you know the firefighter standing there at the gate guy I graduated with you know <laughs> so it came a big hug my old offensive line coach is still is still there coach Wilson uh coach for coach Daler just a fantastic just influence in my life you know up there top top three or four people that that really kind of got me you know I guess where I am today I suppose um you know it's so cool being back there I guess you know I we've, we've not we haven't played those guys in quite a while and uh, I got a lot of respect for coach Daler too just runs a great program um, good human being, man. Just love what he does with that offense too. That's always a program. I'm obviously, you know, I'm always kind of watching, um, you know, keeping tabs on those guys. It's my old school, obviously, but yeah, it was fun, man. It was a lot of fun. You know, it, it wasn't about me though. It's really about our seniors, our seniors, just what they, what they've gone through, 
what they've overcome. Heck, my staff, man, my staff has been, you know, you, you talk about just staying with me and just staying with this thing and staying with coaching in general, not knowing anything, not knowing, you know, when we can come back or, or how we we're going to be able to come back and all that stuff. I mean, I give all the credit to those guys and to our kids. Give, really, give, them, a, give them a shout out while you're talking about them. Who are these guys? <laughs> my staff. Your staff. Oh man, I got I got I got a fantastic staff. Uh, my defensive coordinator Zach Nelson is actually a future at Glacier Peak of all things. Um, <laughs> just fantastic. That might help for tomorrow night. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's such or a good not. coach. Such a good human being. Um, John Thompson played at Wazoo. My uh, my receivers coach has been fantastic. Uh, Brent Campbell, my my quarterbacks coach. Uh, Jake uh, Jake Johnson, my uh, my D line coach. Jeff Mead, uh, my my linebackers coach. I got Nathan Mead coaching my offensive line, who's my old my old center from back in the day. He's uh, he's been just fantastic. He's his first year coaching, and he was just probably the best player I ever. Coached. We've had him on the show before. Yeah, oh yeah, that's, back. Right, that's, that's right. right, that's right. Yeah, Nathan's just awesome. He's been playing at Simon Fraser for the last couple of years, and he's he's uh, he's coaching now. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we got a great staff. Uh, Myron Robinson. Um, as our freshman coach, and uh, John Little is my running back coach. Just, just they, yeah, they've been so good to work with. And I should mention too, because I, I wanted to mention his name a couple of weeks ago, but we just didn't have a chance. We didn't do any uh, recaps of the games. But big, big night on your opener for Riley Rodolfo. Am I saying that right? Three interceptions yeah. and a TD. Three interceptions in a game. Yeah, you don't see that well, at the high school level very often. They kept throwing the ball to him, and he kept <laughs> catching it. So uh, no, he's a great kid, man. He's. He's one of our one of our 17 seniors who just, you know, again, I I, I teach 12th grade, I'm, you know, and it's, so I just I, I know how much these guys, you know, have had to endure, and you know, it's been fun. It's been fun. It's always fun to win, but boy, I mean, for me, I just I get emotional whenever I uh, whenever I get to see those guys have that hard work pay off. It's just I, it's such a good group this year. I'd be remiss if I don't ask about your quarterback because I've known him since he was in middle school, uh, Bryson Blankenship. Uh, <laughs> I know he's always, he's one, he was a quarterback in middle school, and that's all he ever wanted to be. I know he uh, he was in your program. Then I think he went down to Nevada or Las Vegas for a year. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They played down there, and then he came back for his senior year. So not really necessarily breaking in a brand-new quarterback, per se, but a guy who's been away for a year in a year in which you don't have as many practices and you're trying to get through a pandemic. How, how's he done so far? Oh, Bryson's been fantastic, man. He, uh, Yeah, we had him as a sophomore. His family moved down to Las Vegas uh, when he was a junior, actually right during his sophomore year after the football was over. He moved down there that semester. And then uh, he came back up here actually uh, at semester his junior year. So he's been here, um, you know, for about a full school year, I guess, for about a full year. But, you know, he, he hit me up, hey, moving back, da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, that's great. But, um you know, COVID struck right after that. So he was, I don't even think, I'm not even sure he went to in-person school in Monroe yet uh, since he's been back. But he's hes a smooth operator, man. He's uh, hes, he's calm and collected back there. Um, a great distributor. Just, uh, he's, you know, he's taking control of that offense. It's been, you know, like you said, it's its one of those one of those weird years where, you know, you have, you have two weeks to, for us, install a new offense, get a new coaching staff together, get them going. It's just so many little things to do, and he's been—he's such a smooth, calm kid. Um, just great to work with. Got a—he's a really accurate passer. Um, you know, great leader. He's been—he's been—he's been awesome this year to work with, no doubt. I know we had Trey Lang and uh, Brandon Rodriguez on the show during the fall. I'm guessing those two guys still going at it pretty hard, and maybe some of the other seniors that you want want to mention real quick. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Trey's our. Trey's our leader, no doubt. Trey is uh, he is a grown man in a in a teenager's body. Uh, this kid, this kid is special, no doubt about it. Um, you know, not a big kid, but just a, just plays just plays like a grown man. B Rod B Rod had four uh, Brandon Rodriguez, who I've never actually called Brandon Rodriguez. We just call him B Rod, but uh, he's yeah he had I think he had four sacks against Arlington. Ooh. He ended up uh, their quarterback got injured too in one of those sacks, unfortunately. Um, but he's a terror, man. He's so he's super good. He actually got a he got injured that first play against Lake Stevens, and uh, he's finally back this week for us against Glacier Peak. Thank goodness. So yeah, you'll need him. He's a, he's a tool. He's a tool. We, <laughs> we like a lot on our defensive line. We definitely missed him the last two weeks. But no, he's special, man. Josh Harris this year for us, a receiver, has just been fantastic. He's actually leading us in re, uh, receiving yards this year. Um, last game he had a he had a pick, a fumble recovery, and a uh, a punt return for a touchdown. Uh, he's been great. Rudolfo, like you mentioned, has been fantastic. He's our 
outside receiver. Todd Chatterton, who's an inside receiver for us, just fantastic year so far. Um, we got a we got a plethora of running backs in the backfield that that are all seniors that you know just great kids. My line's pretty young. I got one senior on the offensive line, Sam Kabadi, who's been uh, he's been really solid too. But um, no, we got some great seniors, man. I could. I could go through all of them right now, but it would take it would take probably more time than uh, than we have. But just a great group overall. I can't tell you how proud I am of these guys. No, definitely. Well, I've got about another minute left, so give me a quick uh, little preview here. What are we expecting from Glacier Peak tomorrow? A game that will be broadcasted on stspn.com. Yeah, Glacier Peak's tough, man. Uh, it's a it's a it's a good little rivalry. Um, we know those guys really well. We know that staff really well. I got a lot of respect for Coach Keck. Obviously, he's he's a good friend and. A great coach and uh, any, any interactions that. with the two of you this week? I know you guys are really good friends. No, 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 no. no. Okay. We, don't, we don't talk game week. No, I'll see. I'll see you tomorrow before the game. I'll give him a big hug. We'll talk before the game. But like I said, our DC, the teacher over there, you know, we know those guys really well. Our kids, their kids, have been working out together kind of all year. Um, so it's a familiar team. We know exactly what they're going to do. They're not going to surprise us. We know, you know, they know what we're going to do. We're not going to surprise them. They're just going to be who lines up and makes plays and, and finishes blocks and all those things. It's why you love high school football, man. It's, it's town versus town. It's why it's the best form of football. It's why it's the best sport, man. It's just it's everything you want in a, in a game. It's two teams that, you know, they know each other well. And uh, there's, uh, there's a rivalry, a mutual respect, too. Uh, certainly, but yeah, we're excited, man. Should be a great game. Excellent. So again, seven o'clock tomorrow night over at Snohomish Veterans Memorial Stadium, Monroe versus Glacier Peak. Coach Darrow and I didn't even mention the fact that uh, you sent me a picture earlier for us to put up, and we're going to do that on social media later. You got the Connor Owens, your big offensive lineman, a celebratory ice bath after your first win. So hopefully, more ice baths in the future, if you don't mind those too much. And uh, wish you all the best of luck tomorrow night. I appreciate that, Steve. Thanks a lot, man. There we go. So Scott Darrow, Monroe High School, the Bearcats. Again, big game for them tomorrow night. That's a Glacier Peak team, by the way, that is just looking great right now. Also want to mention, since we're going to be on the air next Thursday, the game of the year, a game that wasn't originally on the schedule, Glacier Peak playing Lake Stevens next Thursday night. It could be the battle of two undefeated teams. We'll see how things work out. So, again, let's go ahead and give you a recap of what was on tonight's show. But first... Prep Sports Weekly was brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, Everett Safe and Lock, Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett and Stanwood, Glass by Lund, Screen Printing Northwest, The Law Office of Russell Hill, The Hometown Handyman, and The Buzz in Steakhouse. Brandon, I bet you're wondering who was on tonight's show. Yes, I am. Who well, did we si- have on? since you asked... Four coaches tonight, all with victories last week. We had Jim Shapiro from Kings, Bryant Thomas from Kamiak, Davis Lura from Marysville Getchell, and Scott Darrow from Monroe. That's it for tonight. Thank you for listening to Prep Sports Weekly. We'll be right back here next Thursday. KRKO Everett, K237GN, AM 1380, and FM 95.3. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now. More of Everett's greatest hits. K-I-K-O. Jesse is a friend. Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine. But lately something's changed. It ain't hard to define. Jesse's got himself a girl and I want to make her mine. And she's watching him with those eyes. And she's loving with that body, I just know it And he's holding her in his arms late, late at night You know I wish that I had just his girl I wish that I had just his girl Where can I find a woman like that? I'll play along with the charade That doesn't seem to be a reason to change You know I feel so when they start talking cute I wanna tell her that I love her But the point is probably moot Cause she's watching him with those eyes And she's loving him with that body I just know it And he's holding her in his arms Late, late at night
Mayfield, Jesse's Girl.